0: Here's what happens when so-called retirement turns into a wine passion. Wait until you see this place. Absolutely thrilled to be able to share this story and thank you for having us out today. And when, I say, when I say, you know, this is a pretty magical place, where are we exactly? You're in, uh,
1: one, Napa Valley. Right. You're in the very farthest north area of Napa Valley. Uh, A lot of ways I describe this area is we're right down the street from Chateau Montelena in Calistoga, Uh, but uh, we're surrounded by three sides of mountains, Okay. and so it's beautiful to be here and be at this end of the valley. And how long have you been here? This particular place, uh, six years. Okay. Uh, And the label? Um, The label's been around since 1999. Uh, I started in the business as a grower, uh, selling fruit from uh, two different vineyards that I have in the Yontville-Oakville area. And uh, a couple of years into that, I started making a little bit of wine. Uh, my first vintage was 150 cases. Wow. Uh, that went to 300, that went to 600. Uh, <laughs> today, we make almost 10,000 cases for Tambor Bay. And I've gone from one wine to now 14 different wines. <laughs> Sounds like you might have a problem. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs>
0: I've been told that many times. Well, what I'm interested in learning is is kind of that, that path that brought you here from an East Coast side, and you know, born and not raised necessarily out there, but... How does someone from the East Coast fall in love with this place? Not hard to imagine, but how did that happen?
1: So my parents were uh, Northeast Sinners. They're from Boston, both. And both their families uh, during the month of August, uh, as a lot of people do in the East Coast, uh, go find a place to kind of hang out for the summer, at least uh, for a month or two. Okay. Uh, When my parents came to the West Coast and I was born, still wanted to keep that tradition up. So when I was two years old, 1959, to let people know how old I am. People do the Uh, math. (laughs) That's right. Um, My parents decided to come to St. Helena, California, 1959. Not a lot of wine activity, but just a beautiful little valley, very quiet at the time, which was perfect, what they're looking for. So I spent 17 years here in Napa Valley, growing up all the way until I finished uh, high school. And then you finished high school, went to college. So in college was an interesting thing. And, and uh, uh, college, uh, I drank um, alcohol, wine, like most people, for volume. Uh, right. Until my senior year, uh, I worked at a liquor store called Cork and Bottle. I think most college communities have that liquor store. Guilty. Uh, so uh, the owner came out one day, opened up a bottle of wine, put it on the counter, and he says, go for it. Well, that bottle changed my life. It was a 1974 Bullier Vineyards George Latour. Wow. It's one of the most epic wines made out here in Napa Valley. He just pulled it off the shelf, said, go ahead and do it. It changed my life. It was one of those aha moments. And how old were you? Uh, I was probably 21, so it was my last year in college. Wow. So I was uh, pretty fortunate that. Now, I didn't drink any wine before that, right? Because I was just turning 21 sure, in college. Right, right. exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, from that point, I was very interested in wine. Uh, my father asked me at, when I was 25 years old to uh, build a wine cage, and I did that for him, and I built one for myself. So I started collecting wine Started collecting Bordeaux wines when I was 30, but at the time I was uh, pursuing a, a career in uh, corporate America, in Silicon Valley, and uh, so that kind of prohibited me to get into the business in any formal fashion. Right, then but you not- could still use a lot of your wine knowledge in the business. Well, I, I would call myself, and other people as a professional consumer, okay. where you learn as much as you can about it in the ways you can. Going to Napa Valley, sure. reading Wine Spectators and all the different uh, kind of magazines, so you can learn a lot as a consumer and I was uh, pretty high up on that department and then you you exit the tech side of things and you decided I'm gonna now have the opportunity to live wherever I want to live I did and that's the decision process I made a lot of people think about what their next job is or what next golf course are gonna play uh, I decided to make a, a, a lifestyle choice and decided to come up here in Napa Valley I uh, did a lot of research beyond where I stayed in St. Helena and mm-hmm. chose uh, the Yonville Oakville area uh, I've enjoyed those uh, wines out of there. I think it's one of the uh, richest area for wine production right. and for the flavors that we can get out of the soils. So uh, I purchased uh, two different properties. Both uh, have vineyards, one small, one big. Okay. And uh, that kind of got me in the business. But at the time, I was only growing this for other wineries. So my first customers were Behringer, Franciscan, Domaine Chandon. Those were them. Uh, in 2001, uh, I took a little bit of the fruit off the vines and made 150 cases of wine. Van- uh, friends and family. Right, uh, But that, that went so well, I made 300 the next year, 600 the next year, and I s- kind of found myself kind of being in the business. And were you, based upon your profile and, and the wine experience you had had thus far,
0: were you after a certain flavor profile or were you after a certain typicity, anything
1: that was resonating with you? So I chose certainly Napa Valley and through my parents and my original bottle that was my epiphany Sure, was about Cabernet. Okay. And Napa Valley is about Cabernet. and a lot of us will argue that the Oakville Yonville area probably makes some of the best Cabernet on the planet. So I was after that. But our winemaking style, uh, as dictated by uh, Thomas Brown, our okay. uh, director of winemaking, is uh, to have nature come out of the bottle. In other words, we're not going to mask it. We're not going to try to make this wine something that it's not, and not the way, uh, but make it the way Mother Nature gave us the fruit. So every year the wine's different, even though it's called Cabernet, even though it's called Moreau, right. or any of the other varietals that we make. And the the equestrian theme that we see uh that was not planned it was not planned but uh, when i got into the business um about two years into it of course i have to take my my wine into a bottle and i have to put a label onto it so i had to come up with a name right and uh, uh my short story in that is i didn't want to use my name as a family name uh i had trouble kind of coming up with a name so Uh, A friend of mine came over, who I used to work with in uh, Silicon Valley. We jumped on two horses, ran into the vineyard, and I was telling her stories about all these stupid names I was coming up with. (laughs) But uh, we were riding two horses, Tamburina and Bayamo, and their barn names were Tambur and Bay. And she just said to me, why don't you just call it Tambur Bay? I do think she was being somewhat sarcastic, but it literally sent a chill down my bone saying, that's (laughs) it. Done. What's (laughs) next? (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the name came from, but I was a horse rider almost at that time. I just started riding a horse and doing some competitions, uh, which we got very serious into. And there's an, there's an adrenaline rush in those competitions, because these aren't oval track competitions. No. So I do long distance horse racing. Uh, these are 50 to 100 mile races, all done within one day and one horse. The horses are well taken care of. We have vet checks all through the day, and you could be disqualified if your horse is even just cross-eyed for right. any horse or reason. But our horses are pretty phenomenal athletes and i really think about that from the standpoint that they got to carry my big butt all over 100 miles <laughs> they are phenomenal athletes <laughs> um, but it's a great sport uh, my wife and i have now done it all over the world and we progressed up on through this sport uh, to the point of uh now we own a horse ranch that many of the horses here are dedicated to that sport and they're dedicated to the sport but there's also a charitable philanthropic uh, you know veterinarian care for the animals Yeah, so two things happened when I bought this particular property. One, it's a a full-on working horse ranch, but it's bigger both for winery and for horses than I need for myself. So on the winery side, I actually make wine in a custom crush environment for about 19 other wineries, beyond my own. On the horse side, um, we adopted an organization called the Sunrise Horse Rescue, and it turns out we are the largest horse rescue organization in Napa County. So we have 25 to 30 horses on property at all time in some state of rescue with the intention of rehoming that horse right, at some point. Let's get him healthy enough or her and uh, that we can find a home uh, for that horse. Uh, it's a, a nonprofit organization. It's uh, run by just an army of volunteers who love horses. Now, and those types of things
0: do take an army. The wine speaks for itself, the location speaks for itself, and your passion, you're one of the hardest working people we've met, <laughs> just non-stop. What to you is the most gratifying aspect of this business?
1: I, I've got two answers for that, or actually there's probably two likes to this. Um, my upbringing in corporate America as a product marketing manager, mm. we like to make stuff. And so I got kind of in that rhythm of have an idea, and how do you bring it to fruition? Okay. And uh, that's in my bones. I just like to do that, which is why I don't make one or two wines. I make 14 different wines. Right. So when I find a new patch of land, I've got to figure out why I want to make a wine out of that land. That is very gratifying to see something go from start to finish. Concept to, yeah. Right. All the way through. Yep. And uh, so we're ever, always looking for new places to create a new product. But I got to tell you, the, the thing that really um, you know, hits my nod uh, as far as um, satisfaction is when someone tastes the wine, and what I love about the sensory part of wine is they can't control the reaction of their face. right? And when I see that reaction with a smile, with a look back at the glass, like, what did I just have? It's something unique. It beat their expectations, all these good things. Um, that can't, there's nothing more gratifying than that, right? Because it's a product that we made. And uh, I, I really enjoy that part. So one of the things I do here at the winery, amongst all these other things, is uh, I love just talking with my customers and right. showing them the wines and telling the story and then letting them taste the wine. Well, cheers to that. Very good.
0: What an amazing time today at Tambor Bay. You have to see this property. Fantastic wine, great people, and some animals that are just truly spectacular. Thank you so much for all your support.